tonight on I'm Lester Holt. Then Verl, still in the bedroom, yelled my name over and over again. Andrea. Not hearing anything. Andrea. Nothing. Not even a peep. I'm Lester Holt. All right, we got ourselves a brand new Dateline, and this is a big one, both in size and host, because it's an AC one. Here's Andrea Cannon. This is season 32, episode 5, The Footprint at the Lake, which aired October 13th, 2023. It does have a description on IMDb, so I'm going to give it to you right now. A small Texas town is shattered when a beloved teacher vanishes from her home in the middle of the night. A gruesome discovery made a short time later leaves investigators with more questions than answers. That ain't bad. Yeah, that's more or less what happened. So yeah, like I said, this is hosted by Andrea Canyon. I mean, what is this? Is this her third one this season? She's an all-star. She's rocking it, and I love it. I debated saying this on mic because I don't want to give this person cred. But Kate, okay, you know where I'm going with this. Yep. I was browsing IMDb, and somebody left a review of an AC app that spouted such vitriol, such wrong, dumb info that I, uh... I don't know. It got me worked up. And here's a line. Y'all, the text that I received from your boy Kurt Money about this review, he was steaming mad. The main concern of this review is that they're upset that there's too much AC. Which, yes, we know that's impossible. Am I right, Kate? Come on. You can't have too much AC. Uh, so here it is. I'm just gonna let you have it. This is beyond ridiculous that NBC seems to think giving Canning all these episodes this season will be fine with loyal viewers. She asks the most obvious questions and is constantly interjecting herself into the story, breaking the rule of never letting yourself become part of the story. But what the f*** are they talking about? What, what do they mean AC interjects herself in the story? She doesn't. Certainly not as much as they do over at 2020. <laughs> are they talking about because AC went to, like, the sites and talked to people? I, I do not know what it is this person's getting at. I think I know what is at the root of this. Okay, what do you think? This person doesn't like women. Yeah, I'll skip to the last line, which approves that theory. If you're trying to kill one of your headline shows, putting this much in such incompetent hands is a good way to go about it. Whatever, dummy. Now I'm with you. It sounds like some woman-hating loser cue boy in a basement, but the username is Helena Handbasket. Sounds like a lady, Kate. There are a lot of women out there who hate women. Okay. All right. Let's get started on this app, which I loved, and I thought AC was awesome. But Kate, hit me. What'd you think of this app? I don't know if it's because I just finished watching it, but I am fired up. Hell yeah. This one was so great. Yeah. Yep. Even though I definitely knew from the beginning who did it. No, you didn't, because he wasn't even introduced at the beginning. He was. I'm not giving you that. He was. No, he wasn't. Yep, he sure was. When they talked about a boyfriend, and when they said boyfriend, you said you knew. Yep. Bull Students like her daughter Melanie's boyfriend, a football player who struggled at school and at home. I don't buy it. And I'll tell you why as we move through it. Okay. All right, well, I can't wait to hear. So we got another one in Texas. This is Only Texas which is home of the only Cubs local high school football team. And they are terrible. At one point, they were third in the state for most losses in a row or something. Yeah. I guess some teams have to be those teams, especially in Texas. It feels like every high school in Texas is always like, we're going to state. <laughs> but they have to beat a lot of shitty schools 
in order to do that. And this is just one of them. You're right. Boy, God, I forgot about all that. Did you have that in your high school? Oh, our our team was terrible. Terrible. Our cheerleaders were not hot, and our homecoming king was a band nerd. <laughs> were you in band? Yes, I was in band. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Flute? How dare you? <laughs> Saxophone. Saxophone? You think I'm a woodwind bitch? <laughs> Listen, tell me, I don't know. What was it? French horn. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. My mistake. French horn, huh? That's pretty cool. First chair, baby. Really? Mm-hmm. Here in Only Texas, what everybody's into are these football games every Friday. Everybody's going to these games, including Manuela Allen, who is a beloved teacher at Only High School. And she is married to Peter Allen, who is also a teacher at the same school. She's affectionately known as Menu. Manu. Manu, that's it. She's affectionately known as Manu. Her whole thing at these football games was cowbell. She was really coming hard with the cowbell. Gotta have more cowbell. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. That's something that I love in theory, and I like the idea of it if I'm far away hearing it, but I'd be bummed if I was sitting next to a cowbeller. Yeah, and it sounded like... Peter, her husband, was a little annoyed by the cowbell at times. But that was one of my fave AC moments because she loved it. She thought it was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. I love it. You weren't the one sitting next to her going, ah. So it's just a normal Saturday night, and the Allen family goes home, and they all go off and do their own things. Manu goes to bed. Peter, he goes to the couch. Their son, Darian, is upstairs playing video games. Their daughter, Kiara, she comes home late from hanging out with friends, I think, and goes to her room. They were cracking up because she he left the boyfriends to come home and FaceTime with the boyfriend. And then Melanie, their other daughter, was out at a sleepover with some friends. And their oldest son didn't live in the house anymore. He didn't. And we didn't hear a lot about him. So, look, that's where my radar was pointing at the beginning of the set. No. Chara wakes up. It's got to get something out of the laundry room. But their house is weird where you have to go through the master bedroom to get to the laundry room, which then leads to the garage. So this house is a weird-ass layout. She's trying to get in there, but her mom's door is locked. And she goes to the dad, and it's like, Dad, what's up? Mom's door's locked. He says, well, I don't know. Uh, go around. So she goes around through the garage, and when she gets in there, it's just a scene of blood. There's blood everywhere. There's blood on the walls. There's blood on the door. There's bloody footprints everywhere. The sheets off the bed are not there. They're gone. Now it was morning, and Manu was gone. In her place, blood. So they're freaking out, and their first thought is not like, uh-oh, mom's dead, let's call the cops. They assume that maybe she hurt herself and she was bleeding all over the place and she like ran off to the hospital. So that's their first move is to rush to the emergency room and see if mom's there. And her car was missing too. Yeah. So they assumed she took the car and went to the ER. Yeah, which the cops loved to, uh, like they had a problem with that. Like why wasn't the first call to the police? To which I would say... Let's think back to old Matt Moore. Why didn't you look first? Why didn't you go look for your wife first, dude? That's so weird. If your wife is missing and you think you know where she is, why not just go walk that path? Very interesting, right? Nobody ever does it right. So they do go home and they call the cops. So the cops are like, just get a sense of the scene. And they're like, well, everybody's still inside. So they go in and get them all out. There's a lot of people living in this house. Darian is upstairs. The cop goes up there to get him out. He's got headphones on, playing video games, oblivious. He has no idea. What's been going on this morning? So the cop is like, hey, you gotta go outside. And Darian's like, can I put a shirt on? And the guy says, no, you can't. So you see him on the body cam footage sitting out there on the porch without a shirt on. Yeah, and God, just imagine you're up all night and you can't sleep. You're playing video games, you've got headphones on. And then a cop just shows up in your room and will not answer a single question. 
and just says, you have to go outside. Like, how would you react in that? I, like, I just, there's gotta be a better way to approach crime scenes with families. There's gotta be a better way, don't you think? I didn't have a very good opinion of the cops in this one. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, and it was all sorts of them. There was a sergeant, a lieutenant, or all the Texas Rangers were here doing their thing, that's for sure. You know, it's funny, is the main detective in this is called Schraub. And as I was typing it, my autocorrect kept making it scrub. And I was like, he is a scrub. I'm just going to leave it at scrub. Nice. Because I'm not crazy about him. So the cops are over there seeing the scene, taping it off, and instantly they've got their suspects. I mean, they play the body cam footage of them going, it looks like the husband's the suspect. And the cop that answers them, answers them right away and goes, mm-hmm. This is live unfolding. This is how it happens right here where they get tunnel vision. He's probably going to be our number one suspect. Mm -hmm. They had no reason to think it was not, the husband. Not one. Other than it's usually the husband. Yeah. But nothing about what they saw that morning would point to him. Yeah. Especially because the kids were home the whole time that he was home. Yeah, that's true. And at that point, they didn't know what you could hear in what parts of the house. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Wilkes, was he just cruising through town? Yeah, he was, and he saw crime scene tape outside of their house, so he pulled over and was like, what's up? What's going on? He actually knew the Allens because they both taught his kids. It was a very small town. Very small town. Uh-huh. I kind of liked this lieutenant guy. His look was funny. Did you like his look? White blazer, blue shirt, shark's tooth necklace, dyed beard, dyed goatee even. He looked like Eddie Izzard. <laughs> what? You think so? He did. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, I'm going to be calling him Shark Tooth because that necklace kind of cracked me up. I liked the Shark Tooth. It was a choice. So Shark Tooth is on the case. They asked him to go check out Lake Cooper because it's like in a desolate area, might be a good spot for a body, whatever. So he drives out there to investigate. And what's the first thing he sees out there, Kate? Manu's car. And it's like a big SUV that's off the road. The bumper is completely off of it. Like, it must have hit something, right? Yeah, and it's parked kind of weird. It's like wedged over a mound. Yeah, so he goes and he sees that there's blood on the door. Now, what's interesting here is this dried streaks of blood on the door. Sharktooth didn't know that this was a, a possible murder. He thought this was a missing person. Like, he didn't know there was a crime committed yet. So he thought this was the crime scene. Yes, yeah. So he's looking all around. And about 20 feet over, underneath some yucca plants and wrapped up in a sheet, this poor Manu. She's dead, and we found her. He also notices, next to the car, what looks to be like bike treads. Treads from a bike tire. Yeah, they actually, they spot bike treads and a shoe print, and I assume take casts of it. Well, they took pictures of it. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right, this will help us out. And as AC points out, hey, find the bike, you find your killer. And they're like, hey, maybe, we'll see. I mean. So he asks somebody nearby who works out there in that desolate area, did you see anybody on a bike? But let me just say something real quick about that scene before he leaves real quick. So his first step is to call it in to headquarters and he calls operator. What's so wild about this is we finally got a shook 911 operator. Well, well, she was the dispatcher. A shook dispatcher. I guess that doesn't mean anything. Never mind, say your thing now. So he decides to ask around and see if anybody saw someone leaving the scene on a bike. And he finds someone who's working out there in that area. And the guy says, yeah, he actually saw someone bike by in the wee hours of the morning, but he didn't get a good look at him. But he did note that it was odd because bikes are usually not out there, especially at that time. That was wild though. Like, cause he's just asking people he sees or whatever. And he's like, hey, did you see anything suspicious? And the guy's like, as a matter of fact, I did. I saw exactly what you wanted me to see. 
Wait till you hear what I'm about to tell you, bro. The worker actually said, you know, matter of fact, I did. I saw a bicycle go by. And he said, I never see bicycles out here. This is potentially a really lucky break here. He tells the dispatcher that he found what they're all looking for. Yeah. And she has a genuine shocked reaction. She gasps. <gasps> what? Yeah, she really does. But it's a small town. I'm sure everybody knew everybody and she just, the unthinkable happened and it, it shocked her. Yeah, true. And it was weird because he, unless they cut something out, he didn't say the thing. He just called and said, I found what it is. Arch County Sheriff's Office. Hey, this is going to be the one he's looking for. Yeah, well, I guess there was only one thing that the cops were doing that day. Yeah. So while this is going down at Lake Cooper. They got Peter in the interrogation room. What I got a big question for the Olney police station is, do you think that you're the only people who put cameras in your interrogation rooms? Because they place them loosey-goosey on the table and every single time they go to that angle, what are we looking at most of? A cowboy hat, right? Like the guy puts his cowboy hat in front to like hide the camera. You people know they're being recorded in interrogations. Well, he even mentions it. Yeah. Later when he's interviewing another suspect, he's like, oh, are you not being truthful with the camera rolling? Yeah. Or like, is it, is it the camera that's weird? I Like their whole approach was that like it was odd for them to bring a camera into it. But I'm telling you, a third of this episode, you're seeing a lot of that hat and a little bit of elbow or shirt or an ear or a crotch, honestly, because I think it's, it's either just their body cams or whatever they threw in the interrogation room. Put one up in the corner, bro. So they're grilling Peter over there for five hours, and they've got their usual line of questioning, right? They want to know what their relationship was like, what's going on, and Detective Scrub gets the call while he's talking to Peter. And he says, oh, you look thirsty. Let me go get you water. That's not what Scrub was doing, okay? Scrub got a text that said, come out here, we got new info. So Scrub pops out there and gets the scoop that we found the body and here's what it looked like. And he goes back in this room and boy, has the mood changed because now Scrub's positive that he's got a crime on his hands. Am I right? He really had it out for Peter from the jump with no reason to. No, other than that same old shit of it's usually them. Like that's, again, that's the only thing. He hasn't done or acted in any way, but they're dead set on it. And what I did like when, so Scrub goes back in the room and it's like, so yeah, there's blood on the door. We found her dead body. She's wrapped in a sheet. I think this might be a criminal investigation. <laughs> and Peter goes, yeah, no <laughs> Right. We have people, I think there's going to be a criminal investigation. Yeah. No He's telling them, like, you did it. You're going to be convicted of murder, and they're going to put you in the electric chair. Yeah, it's like, look, jury of your peers is going to find you guilty, and they're going to find out that you stabbed your wife 46 times, and you're going to fry, dude. And Peter's like, okay, maybe they get it wrong, and they convict me of it, and they put me in the electric chair. I'll die knowing that I'm innocent. I was like, wow, baller. Yeah, he, um, that might have been the other, because there was one named Shay and Scrub, but the point is they're both Texas Rangers, and they're both Scrubs, in my opinion. So it doesn't really matter which one we're referring to. We're only down with Shark Tooth. Yeah. Well, and someone we haven't met yet. Andrea! There's a little, little tease. Of somebody I like that comes up in this app. Not even a peep. Okay. So now Peter knows that his wife's dead and he has to go tell his fam. So Scrub and his body cam go out there and watch Peter tell his fam. And they all look pretty heartbroken. There's like a group hug that happens. The youngest daughter collapses on the floor. Yeah. The son goes and sits in the corner alone like a husk. And 
what does the detective think of that, Kate? Detective Dingus thinks that immediately the son must know something because his behavior is weird. It's not. Nobody's is. This guy sucks. Yeah, and again, it's not like that kid has any answers. Like, that's the probably the first information he's gotten about this whole morning, is that your mom's dead. So what is he supposed to do? Like, I, I, I just... Uh, the friend of the family, Verl, he's like... There's a process that must be maintained for the integrity of the case. But I really don't think this is the way that it should play out. I think that they need to rethink how they approach when there's a dead body in a home. Because they say that they're doing it so that they can, like, watch everybody react. But, like, you could watch him react when you say, yeah, I'll let you put your shirt on because your mom's dead downstairs. Like, there'll be a reaction to that information as well. Scrub. Also, you can watch him put the shirt on if you just want to make sure he's not doing anything shady. Yeah, I, uh, there was an FF where this guy, the house is on fire, and he got clothes out of his car because he had a gym bag in his car while he's waiting for the police. And they're like, we show up and he's getting dressed like he's going somewhere. It's like, no, he was naked, bro. He was naked. <laughs> Dude, anyway. I get so mad because... I know that if this happened to me, they'd make me a suspect instantly because I don't think I'm going to be doing things textbook the way they want me to do it. Yeah, I think if I was ever in this scenario, I'd lose my cool, I'd be their suspects, I'd go to jail. The way that they play interrogations is so frustrating. I couldn't do it. I just know I'd just be like, First of all, scoot five feet away from me, please. Well, you wouldn't do it because you would request a lawyer. Oh, I wouldn't be there. Way before you ever right. went downtown. Bingo. So what am I thinking? You're right. You're right. I gotta, gotta remind myself of that. Lawyer up. So where are we at? So the, the fam is bumming. They find out that Manu is dead. And this sends ripples through the town because she was a big hit. And she sounded pretty awesome, right? She was everybody's favorite teacher. She was hilarious. Yeah. And loud and funny. Yeah. And someone that, she was the teacher that the kids all loved. Yeah, and there's one kid that gave her a hug every day. Yeah. That's kind of sweet. I think you have to be the cool teacher when you work at the same school that your kids go to. Yeah, that's true. But the husband also taught at the same school, right? He did. The whole gang's there, huh? I would not care for that. Would you be into that? I know that all the teachers at my school whose kids went there were considered cool. They were? Were their kids cool? Yeah. Not always. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm thinking of something specific. A teacher's kid was in my class and he's a straight up dork. So by this point, the cops are convinced it's Peter. So they're spending every second of the day trying to prove that fact. And I say that because there were two hints that the cops were told. Two people had a suggestion to them in the first two days after the murder of who it could be. And they ignored that person. For reasons unknown. Yeah, thank you. Un. No. And then later, when that person turned back up again in their investigation, they acted like it was due to their police work that they got this lead. It's like, nah. Also, it was totally just convenient. Yeah, and that lead that you got was there day one. You were told that on day one. You don't get so credit like, for doing your job. Yeah. And then it's Melanie who comes back the next day and says, hey... I do want to tell you that my boyfriend and I broke up. She wanted investigators to know her ex-boyfriend claimed he'd been in a gang and that he had an obsession with knives. So she goes down to the police station, files out proper report, turns it in. And they say, thanks, that's going in the drawer. Where's your dad at? Can we talk to Peter for a second? And Peter fingers the same guy. Mm -hmm. He's suspicious of Melanie's ex-boyfriend too. And he even goes, I'm not saying he's a suspect. I'm just letting you know. Despite those two tips, they hadn't gotten around to tracking Julius down for an interview. So the cops 
are going through the crime scene and they see these bloody footprints to the keys in the wall and they also see a, a bloody sock. This made me so mad. Absolutely, I could not agree more. So please. The way they had tunnel vision on Peter is the same way they had tunnel vision on this sock. <laughs> this bloody sock oh my God. that they found at the crime scene. They would not shut up about it, about how the killer put on this sock and then walked around and then left it there. And the whole time, I'm basically yelling at the TV, like, there's no indication that anyone put on this sock. It had blood on it, and it was Peter's sock. And they were like, it's your sock, Peter. Why else would someone come in and put on your sock and do this? It, you did it. And it's like, all his shit is in that room and has blood on it. Why is this sock the thing that you guys are obsessed with? And I think even Dateline knew it. There's two points in this episode where they repeat, where the cops ask the same damn thing over and over, and they do a little montage in the app. And this guy says sock, I don't know, 10 times? The person who did this did not break into your house and put on your socks and kill your wife. Why would somebody put on your socks and kill your wife wearing your socks? It didn't make any sense they sneak into your room, put on your socks, Kill your wife. And Peter's like, you're right. It doesn't make sense, sir. Yeah. No one put on the sock. Why did he think that someone put on the sock because there was blood on it? There's blood everywhere. Yeah. The sock was on the floor. It got blood on it. Yeah, and its matching pair was sticking out of the dresser, which was partially open. So, like, again, this could just be one of the many things in this room covered in blood. It was so weird. So, that was frustrating. And I, I didn't like this key scenario either. Because their whole thing is, who would walk straight in and know exactly where she kept her keys? How would somebody know that unless it was you or someone in the family? And I'm going, they were hanging on the wall, my dudes. It's not like they were hidden underneath like a fake piece of poop or something, right? If keys are on a wall, I could probably walk directly to them. What about you? Yeah, but it could also, it's also like, it could only be you or someone in the family. Oh, so they just have never had anyone else in their home before? There's just no one, no friends, just no one else could possibly know that there's keys right there? If I was in a house I've never been to, and I killed some lady and I was like, I gotta steal her wheels, I'd be going to, like, the kitchen or the front door area. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. Doesn't seem crazy to me. Because they really are hung up on this. This is where I called it from the beginning, because okay. I knew that the way Dateline laid this episode out, in the very beginning, they kind of do their, like, generalization, their little summary of it. Mm -hmm. And the way they did it, I was like, oh, well, it's clearly someone who knew the family who had been in the home because they knew the weird layout. They knew the garage door was open and you could go through the laundry room and into the back bedroom. They knew where the keys were. And then I saw that they had talking heads of two of the kids and the husband, but they briefly mentioned that the daughter had a boyfriend. So within the first five minutes, I was like, it's the boyfriend. He knew the layout of the house and he knew how to get in and where those keys were. And I thought that the motive would be like, maybe the parents were strict and he had it out for her because she said they weren't allowed to date or something. That didn't really end up being the case, but I knew it was him. All right, well, listen. I gotta give you credit. I'll hear the names and go like, maybe that person, this person, but I didn't know it was this guy until an hour in. They don't introduce a character unless it matters. Yeah. They start thinking about who else could have had something to do with it if it wasn't Peter, and they know there's been a string of burglaries in the area, and there's this one troublemaker in town that they all know, and they, I guess, have a hunch. Maybe this was a burglary gone wrong. 
they go to this kid's apartment. He's just like a local 17-year-old kid who went to the, the high school and... Who posts a Snapchat with an assault rifle pointed at the camera. He's clearly a, a real... Real cool. He's a troublemaker. And when the cop gets there, they notice a bike under the stairwell at the apartment building and the tires seem to match the tread found out by the lake but it's not this kid's bike it's julius's bike and julius is melanie's boyfriend who she and her dad told them probably did it julius mullins had been close with the allen family close with his teacher, Mrs. Allen, and head over heels for her daughter, Melanie. But they're acting like this detective work is what got them this lead. And really, this was just purely coincidental that this kid lived in the same apartment complex as this other guy who had nothing to do with it. They just got super lucky on that. If they didn't live in the same area, and if that bike wasn't right there, I don't know that they ever would have solved this because they ignored those statements from Peter and Melanie. Yeah, I love that they want credit for any of this because even their point when they arrest Julius, they're going back to Corey's to pick up the bike just for evidence. Right. And wouldn't you know it, Julius is there wearing some shoes that look a little familiar. And so the cop says, gee, let me see those soles. And they matched. Dumb luck again. Dumb luck. I don't know. I mean, what would, I guess you'd get caught trying to get rid of the shoes. I don't know if I'd still be sporting my murder kicks, though. When that happened, I immediately thought of, if this goes to trial, the defense could easily get that thrown out because he was wearing Jordans. Everybody has Jordans. That doesn't prove anything. It didn't come to that. There was no trial. Right. But had there been one, I don't think that that would have been evidence. No, they would have been. I mean, it would have been one of many pieces. I mean, because the tire tracks matched, too. So the size matched. And also, actually, I got to tell you this. This is more FF speaking, but there is a thing called, there's a term for it of unique markings that shoes get based on the way the person walks. Jimmy D identified 10 accidental characteristics in the shoe impression. These would distinguish this particular shoe from the thousands of other Nike Air Size 8 running shoes that were in circulation. So there are ways to tell soles. But yeah, I mean, it's not like he had on some special shoes. They were Jordans. They're pretty popular. Uh, at this point, the whole town, they think it's either Peter or even Melanie. Darian, the son, is talking about how everybody's posting on Facebook the dad did it or Melanie this, that. It even says that uh, a buddy of his told him that a former co-worker, Darian, said that a guy he used to work with said he gave off a weird vibe. Now... I love that he admitted that about himself. It might have been that muscle tea talking. Well, he bulked up. Laughably so. I mean, I don't know. The muscle tea was a choice that I thought was kind of funny. It kind of... He's thick. It just looked like fake muscles or something. I mean, congrats. By all accounts, they're real. Those were real. And we saw him walking down the street in that shirt with super tight jeans, too. And it was... He he doesn't skip leg day either, man. It was thick all the way down. So, Verl... Wolverton, which is a hell of a name. Verl Wolverton is a family friend. He comes in from out of town because he's close friends with Peter. And he's like, I want to get to the bottom of this too. What's going on? And this was probably my favorite part of the episode. It's because one thing that the cops and everybody wants to know is, even AC is curious, how can someone get attacked that badly and no one in the house hear them? Everybody wants to know this. Like, you've got to hear something in this tiny 2,000 square foot house. He takes Darian over to their house and he performs a little test where he has 
Darian yell and scream as loud as he can in Manu's bedroom while he's out in the couch area waiting to listen. And he says they'd switch spots and both times neither of them could hear anything. I yelled as loud as I could. They didn't hear anything. And so now I'm going, okay, that's good, that's good, but I don't know if we can believe this. And that's when old AC steps in and says, I wanted to know that too. I wanted to hear it for myself. So she went to that house and performed her own test. How'd you feel about this test, Kate? I like that she spared no detail. <laughs> she had the TV on at the exact level that was yep. that it was on during the crime. I mean, how'd she know that? But good. I, yeah, I wasn't really sure yep. how she got that. Maybe they always keep it at a certain <laughs> number. I don't know. Yeah. They closed yeah. all the doors. They did a test of their own. So this is where the blood was, yeah. right here. Then Verl, still in the bedroom, yelled my name over and over again. Andrea. So they're yelling, Andrea! And they cut back to AC and she's like, nope, can't hear anything. Nothing. Not even a peep. And I was just thinking about all the fun stuff that I would yell to AC knowing that she wouldn't be able to hear me in that little test. I'd be like, AC, I love you! Right? Is that all? Boss me around, please! There we go. (laughs) And she couldn't hear anything and the carpets had actually been removed since. So it was just hardwood, which is more echoey. So you'd think it would actually make it so that she could hear something. Not even a peep. So the layout of the house, the style of the build, the way the way it was constructed all lend to the sound being so muffled, which I get. I grew up in a very old house, super thick plaster walls yeah, with carpet. Ga- you can't hear much. Okay, but... I've lived in so many old ass apartment buildings. The walls are paper thin. I mean, to me- Apartment buildings are different. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, well, no, even how even old houses, the walls are like, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, the, Verl had a term for, he said it, like he knew what type of house build it was. Like it was like wood in the walls. Uh-huh. This is a board on board construction and the layout of the house makes it just nearly impossible to communicate through those rooms. That was that type of worldly knowledge where I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. When did he acquire that information? I don't know. And I am telling you that the house I grew up in was similar. Sweet. I believe you. Uh... Oh, also, they asked Corey about his relationship with Melanie or Manu, and he's like, I don't, I barely know Melanie. I've never been in their house. So that's also more proof this Corey guy, although a troublemaker, he's not our guy. No. So they bring Julius down to talk to him again. This is the one where Scrub One is in there talking to him, and he's grilling him and stuff. And this is when he's telling AC, like, well, we had to let him go. That's just our legal system. If I don't have anything to hold him, I gotta let him go. And he said it like we were going to be like, damn you, law. Yeah, we were like, we're familiar. We watched Dateline. When the youngest daughter went into the bedroom, she saw a knife on the floor and picked it up to see if there was blood on it. She doesn't watch Dateline. No, she does not. No, she does not. So they got to let Julius go. And this is when they go decide to pick up the bike. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, Julius is there. And that's when they see that the bike tire match, the shoes match. Julius, you're coming with us. So now they're interrogating him again, handcuff style. And this is where we start getting some info. He finally breaks down and admits that he did it, but he claims that he didn't act alone. Well, not he he doesn't claim that. Scrub One insists that repeatedly that there was someone else. They didn't think that he could have handled the body by himself and moved it from site to site. Yeah, but he he said he put it on a sheet and pulled it. So right, I mean that that also didn't surprise me. Uh, but anyway, but no, I didn't think he acted with somebody else. I thought he would have done it alone. I guess I just want to make it clear that him saying he didn't act alone was not his idea 
at all. That was the second time where they did a little montage of how many times Scrub One asked Julius, who else helped you with this? Who else did this with you? They just kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. They asked him again. Are you the sole person responsible for this? And again. I don't think you're 100% responsible for this. Julius, who else was involved? Who else was involved, Julius? So finally, Julius says, okay, you're right. I did have an accomplice. It was actually Melanie's dad, Peter. Ooh, he forced me to kill Manu. He put a gun to my head and told me that if I didn't do it, that he would hurt my family. And I was scared because he's a Green Beret. Right. Yeah, they had a lot of fun talking about that. Now... As soon as he said Peter, now I don't know about you, Kate, I assume your reaction was the same as mine when I said bull Oh, yeah. Well, Scrub One goes, I knew it, right? I mean, that's what he's been waiting for this whole time. Just because he didn't want to look like an idiot for getting it so wrong. He was just relieved. You're doing what's right. What did he tell you to do after you got in there? Which, again, if this went to trial, it never would have held up in court. Yeah. I don't think they would have been able to convict based on that. But he does fess up, and he tells them the details. I wasn't with the intent to hurt anybody. He had guns, and that's what I was going there to get. Earlier in the app, they had mentioned that Peter has a massive gun collection, and he brags about it because he's a real cool guy. And I don't think he was shy about talking about his gun collection either. Another cool thing about Peter that bugs me is how much he talks about acting like a man and stuff. He was real obsessed with that. Oh yeah, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in this one. A lot. A lot. Oh, and especially... He was unable to protect his wife, and that means that he failed as a husband. Sure, but also says it means he failed as a man. And I'm like, bro, what does your gender have to do with it? There was probably five times in this app where he said something like that. Like when he's in the interrogation, he's like, I gotta be a man about this. I can't cry or whatever. It's like, dude, why are you always bringing it back to this? This is a big thing for you that we know that you're a man. Yeah, I'm a man, so I'm a dog. I look, but I don't touch. I'm married. What kind of a man do you think it makes me feel like? Well, the other part of me inside says, you failed as a husband, as a, as a man. Maybe crying, but I got a man. That was my least favorite part of Peter. Well, and his gun collection. I didn't think that was very cool either. Yeah. So Julius starts to spill the beans. What he says is so absurd. He said he was at Allsup's, which is like a convenience store down the street. Uh, I was just leaving and then I saw Melanie's dad and he forced me into his car and put a gun to my head and said, I'm only gonna tell you this once. You're gonna kill my wife or I'm gonna kill your entire family. Just out of the blue, Peter just ran into Julius at this Allsup's. Yeah, and the cops proved that that was not true because there was no surveillance footage of them at Allsup's that night. Never happened. So he says Peter took him back to the house, showed him how to get in, told him he had a butterfly knife waiting for him, and told him that he was sitting there waiting and watching even though he's in the other room that he's listening, and that he even says that Peter helped him carry the body to the car. Mm -hmm. It immediately falls apart, because Scrub 1 and 2, they go and do their investigation, and it's like, yeah, none of this is panning out. Like, none of this is true. We can't corroborate one ounce of this story. So, Julius finally just, uh, like, there was no trial, because he finally ultimately just said, it was me, I did it, I'm guilty. I mean, I guess that's the only okay thing about Julius is I like that at the end he said the things he had to. Peter I'm sorry for making you seem like the bad guy throughout the situation. Yeah he just admitted it even though I I do think if they went to trial he may not have been found guilty. They found his DNA on that sock BT dubs. This sock that Scrub 2 was so obsessed with. That's true. So it turns out it is possible that your socks can be touched by other humans. Crazy. Well I think he probably used it to like clean off the knife or something. Yeah, or he, like, stepped on it. I don't know. I mean, their house wasn't... Any, look, the garage was, was in rough shape. Yeah. The garage 
Could use some love. The house was looking a little rough. So yeah, Julius gets 55 years. He's in prison. AC goes to visit him in prison. You're damn right. And she grills him. Yeah, she really does. She goes after him. Made the wrong choice. I mean, there, you know, it's one thing to say I made the wrong choice, but this is stabbing a woman 47 times. I mean, this is evil. Yeah. I agree with you. I thought she was really in her element here, and I thought she got some great stuff out of it. Yeah, because we all want to know why. You wanted the guns, okay, but it was still weird. It was like you went into the bedroom, you knew that maybe there was a, a gun there, but if you were familiar with the guns, wouldn't you know where the arsenal was kept? And what was his plan? Because he went into the bedroom. Why didn't he assume that Peter would be in there too? And then why did he feel like, which AC asks him. This is not a really bad scenario if she finds you in her room. It's not great, but if you haven't done anything, I mean, it's, why pick up a knife? I, I didn't know. The reaction to just immediately pounce on her and start stabbing her, it could have been excused as something else, but he was stupid. And Peter says he was dumb as hell. He called him an idiot, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seemed like a decent enough, nice enough young man but an idiot. And that was before he was a murderer. That was when he was just dating his daughter. He said he was an idiot. I think this is a case of teenage brain just not being fully formed. And instead of thinking rationally, like, oh, I could talk my way out of this. No harm's been done yet. I can just say I was looking for Melanie. And it's weird, but everything will be okay. And instead, he's like, I'm gonna kill her. Yeah. I mean, I think like he's there. He's already found one gun or something like he, he knew where one gun was that he was going after because the guy had like 30 or something they were all over the place mm -hmm. so i don't know like he was just in this robber headspace it would have been way better if he was just like hey is melanie here <laughs> would have solved it for everybody totally and i i did have a working theory while watching it yeah that proved to be incorrect okay but like i said since i did suspect him from the beginning as it went on, I started to suspect that Melanie had something to do with it and that she either asked him to do this or did help because she was not interviewed. So immediately, I'm suspicious. See, this is why I was on the older brother. Right. For all these same reasons. But then there was a point where whoever came in and did this at one point walked to Melanie's room. I thought if Melanie was with him, she would have walked to her own room to get something. And then together they would have left. And she had an alibi because she was at a sleepover. Oh. But if she had left that sleepover and drove back to the house and met him and then went back to the sleepover while her friends were still asleep, could have worked. But that ended up not being the case. I did like Verl pointing out the footprint thing where he was like, the bloody footprints stop in front of Melanie's door only. And he says, so they must have known Melanie. That was pretty good thinking. I didn't think what you're saying where she was involved in it, but because mm -hmm. there's a tons of cases like that too where the daughter is in on it. So it could totally go down like that. So this is where I got to tell you about my theory of Datelines. Now, I like this Verl guy. Did you like Verl? Sure. Okay. I have a theory that if a person is introduced via B-roll of them riding their Harley, they're going to be a good person. Now, I don't mean this for cops because some of them have to ride motorcycles. And I think I've seen ones where they show a cop on a motorcycle, but I'm willing to say that anytime it's a, a friend of the victim or whoever, if they get B-roll of them on their hog, they're gonna be good dudes. Think about it. I mean, the one most recently with the guy who led the funeral parade with all of his uh, motorcycle cronies. He was a good dude. What do you think, Kate? Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, 
Look, think about it. I can't remember a time ever where they do the, let's get him on his Harley, and then we end up not liking that guy. I feel like that's something they only get to the ones where they're like, this is one of the good ones, you know? Well, we certainly like them more than when they're on segways. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I mean... Dateline right now has a 100% track record. If you show up on a Segway, you're a murderer. You're guilty. <laughs> he strangely swept in on his Segway. So Julius is there and he's mitting everything and he's like, yeah, it was just me. I said it was Peter. And like, AC's like, well, why did you want to pin that on her dad? And he says, no comment. I'm rolling my eyes. And AC goes, you sure you want that to be your last statement here? You want that to be the end of this is you saying no comment. And he goes, okay, well, I'll say this then. And then he proceeded to answer it full on. So he like folded immediately, but I was glad. I think he was maybe told by an appellate lawyer not to say that. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Because why else would it matter? If yeah. he's in there for life, it's like, who cares what you say? But if he's watching his words, yeah. he's got a lawyer working on an appeal and he's got to look like a good dude. But also, I kind of got to give Andrea a little bit of shit here because we already know the answer of why he named Peter. Obviously, so he could get a lesser sentence what? and maybe get off completely because if he was held at gunpoint and told to do it, that's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right, but she's still going to ask that question, though. She still has to ask that. I mean, even if we assume... Well, AC is looking for something like, I was mad at Melanie or Peter was an asshole. or I feel like I, I was glad she got him to say it. And he did say it. Okay. I know you'll always defend your girl. That's true. Do you think she has maybe gone too far with the teeth whitening? <laughs> Probably. But she's a on-camera news personality. She's got to play the game. You can't be out there with nothing but pearly whites. That's true. And you know what? Those fools over at 2020 have terrible teeth. There's that one lady <laughs> who's in every episode and she, she's she got that thing where as she speaks, she shows all the bottom teeth and not the top. And her bottom teeth are like yellow and messed up and it's so distracting. <laughs> so I would rather see AC's pearly whites than that lady's jacked up bottoms. Yeah, yeah. So Julius is in prison. People are moving on the best they can. Peter is doing his best to let you know what a man he is, and he's doing his best manly way to get over it. He's still a man. And AC is talking to Darian, and Melanie, the daughter, is really struggling with this. She's carrying a lot of weight, thinking it's her fault. And AC is like, well, she knows it's not her fault, right? And Darian's like, I keep trying to tell her. And what I want to whisper to Melanie is, if you want to blame somebody, blame your dad. He had a gun collection, right? And he wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. I mean, he was known around town for owning lots of guns. So if you want to blame someone, put it on Pops. Totally. I do. Yeah, same here. Oh, I know what I was going to say about AC. I thought she was so good with these people in this episode tonight for those two moments. Because when Darian was getting emotional, talking about how the last time he talked to his mom, he didn't say, I love you or goodnight. And AC was like, well, you know that she knows that you loved her, right? I didn't tell her goodnight. I didn't tell her I love her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need to say it. Yeah. She knew it. Right? And I'm sure you've you'd said it a million times. Like it was really, it was a nice mom moment. Yeah. I don't know, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I was just like, yeah. It was sweet. It was very sweet. And of course Manu knew. Yeah, she definitely knew. Uh, all right, so I guess that brings us to our list. And I already know that neither of us had anything on our list show up in this episode, so I guess let's just wrap it up here. That's not true. <laughs> all right, Kate, hit me. Kate's unnamed list. Kate's unnamed, unnamed list. list. 
this is a small town. Oh, yeah. The kind of town where things like this just don't happen. The kind of town where you don't lock your garage door. To be fair, I don't think the garage door actually locked. It looked like it was just one of those doors you just pulled up. Yeah, it did. It did look like that. But they they really beat this small town thing, though. They hit it hard. This is like the, the prime example for your thing. Oh, yeah. It's North Texas, the middle of nowhere, the drone footage of the town. It's like yeah. one, two stoplights. I googled it. It is small. Yeah. It hits you more in a small community when something happens. There is no Florida connection, but we do have a military connection. Peter was in the military. He was a Green Beret. Yep. That's right. And I was waiting for it, but nobody cried and then stopped and said, I'm sorry. There was there was a point where it was kind of close. I know. I thought it was gonna happen and I was waiting for it but I was I was waiting you know, that was pretty good though it's it, anytime they'd hit us with the small town b-roll I was like Mm-mm-mm. this is Kate's lesson only is small town America I love small town b-roll I love it yeah. I don't know that I could ever live in a small town no but sometimes I think it might be really nice yeah I mean it sure does look peaceful and stuff but I'll tell you what I'm thinking this whole time is how far away is the nearest movie theater does Amazon deliver there like what's going on what's the internet like that's first question what's the internet like that's very important yeah my thing is, how close is the nearest hospital? Because oh, yeah. I'm a hypochondriac, and I need medical services within five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. What's up? You're going You're going to the ER a bunch, being like, something hurts, and they're like, Kate again. I've been known to hit up the ER. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is a side of you I did not know. Yeah, I have really bad health anxiety. So I always think that something's wrong, and then I spiral about it, and then I end up either at the doctor, urgent care, or the ER. Here's the thing. I have actually been right a few times, and things were really wrong. Yeah, I can see that. I'm with you. Because you were right once, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that seems like a great segue to... Kurt's Kick-Ass List. Kick-Ass Kick-Ass None of mine really hit, but two of them almost did. So many times. There was a lot of talk about signs of struggle, but we only got half of it. Signs of a struggle. There were times she could have said signs of a struggle, but she was like, there was a violent struggle. If there was a violent struggle, this had not been a quick struggle. Ah! So that one was close. So you're really not going to count it. Well, you think the word struggle counts? It might. Hmm. I don't know. This is another one that I need your input on because my other one is a halfie as well. Is when they're talking. I know. You, do you know what it is? Yep. Okay, so when Melanie picks up that knife to see if there's blood on it, what's AC go? But <laughs> any movie anyone's uh, watching, you, you scream at the TV, yeah. don't touch the knife. Yeah. Eh? I count it. You count that one too. I do. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm Kurt Money. I'm Kate Line. I'm Lester Holt. For all of us, I'm Lester Holt. Good night. Not even a peep.